Welcome to CLT Alliance Talks, a podcast on business topics, information, and tools focused on building an economy for all in the Charlotte region. Hello, this is Kathleen Byrne with the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance. Welcome to the CLT Alliance Talks podcast. The topic today is the next normal, reopening safely in a post-COVID-19 world. I have the pleasure of introducing John Eldridge, the America's COO and Operational Excellence Lead with ISS Facility Services. Welcome, John, and I will let you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how ISS has been focused on meeting the needs of businesses during this unprecedented time. Thank you, Kathleen. Uh, Pleasure to be here today. As Kathleen mentioned, uh, John Eldridge, uh, Chief Operating Officer and Head of Operational Excellence for um, ISS in the Americas region. Um, It's, uh, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, I oversee our operation, our day-to-day operations, if you will, of our company, as well as our our service category excellence um, for all of the different service lines that we provide. Falls underneath my, um, underneath my uh, role, if you will. So again, thank you for being here. Uh, pleasure to chat with you. I'm Seattle-based. Uh, for those that are in the Seattle area, I'd love to, love to meet you sometime. Reach out anytime. And then um, I have a family of four, uh, four young boys. Uh, well, some young, some old, 23 down to, to eight. Uh, so like many of you, we're in that, we're in that uh, crazy time um, that's made crazier of back to school, given uh, the COVID and, and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. I'll move on a little bit into what is ISS and what, are, what has ISS um, been up to since you know, late February, early March, when when this all transpired, and um, we got we had this this COVID challenge, if you will. Um, so ISS, one of the leading facility services um, companies in the world, about four hundred fifty thousand employees strong, based in Denmark, um, and uh, we kind of do it all. We value ourselves on self perform um, and self performing as many service lines as we can, and that has proven to be uh, pretty important. Um, and a, a pretty good shot in the arm over this COVID process, having immediate control of all of the work that's getting done on the site. So that, that, what have we done? So February, late February, early March, we got hit with this COVID pandemic, um, as did this whole world, if you will. And, and we started off with the reactive nature. What are we going to do for our clients to make them safe, to potentially um, close some of their buildings? Uh, what does that mean for them? What, do, what does that mean for their services? What do they need? What do they not need? What, what are the new services they might need or the modifications to existing services they might need? And we started that with what we call our ARO, which is our America's Emergency Response Organization. We met many times a day with senior executives um, and, and, and operators to figure out the best thing for all of our clients and all of our service lines, be it food, be it cleaning and sanitation, be it our engineering teams, um, or what we call our IFS, Integrated Facility Service Accounts. Um, so we started that, then that went on um, till we got our, what we would call as stable as could be, got our clients in a position where they kind of knew what they needed and we had them in a steady state. We were, our cleaning and sanitization team were able to quickly enact some new SOPs around what to do to sanitize space, be it, whether it's an aviation client, airplanes, or, or whether it's an IFS client in a corporate campus, or whether it's a food client. Um, we were able to procure many, many uh, spray guns and various different things, write SOPs and be able to quickly sanitize employee space because we um, we have many clients that just couldn't shut down. They're manufacturing critical, critical resources. Some of them are manufacturing the PPE that we were running out of. Uh, so we were forced to find a way to support. And, and I think uh, we rose to that challenge. It was pretty exciting. And then fast forward, people are out of, the, out of the office. What do we do for those employees that are working from home? We're going to touch on that a little bit. 
Um, how do we help our clients come up with new ideas? Because it's a completely different um, view of the workplace now. Um, how long that'll last, I don't know. We'll get into that in this discussion. Uh, so, so we did that. We, we, we came up with some ideas. We came up with ways to support when you have to be in the building versus when you're not in the building. And now we're looking at what does coming back to the building look like? And I think that's going to be the main focus of today is, is what does is, what is coming back look like? Uh, Short-term, near-term, long-term, whatever it may be. Um, there's no right or wrong answer to that. There's a lot of really smart people coming up with a lot of really great concepts and a lot of really, really good research. Um, but it's still what I would call an educated opinion, educated guess at this point. Um, with a lot of data driving some of those guesses. So I shouldn't, I wouldn't call it a guess, but anyway, lots of nuances, lots of interesting um, things coming and uh, I'm excited to chat about it today. Thank you. Thanks, John. Um, so the first question um, I have is how many, um, how many companies are focused on the short term right now, but what are some of the long-term challenges that you see facing businesses today? Yeah, I think uh, the, the the probably the one that's um, staring us all in the face today is the long-term strategy on real estate and workplace. And um, do you continue to be virtual? You see it in the news every day that, you know, this company and that company has decided to go virtual through next year. Some have said indefinitely. Um, or is it really, really important to get people back in as quickly as possible and find a way to do that safely? I think that is the biggest, biggest long-term is what is the long-term view on working remotely versus working in person and you know, with a collaborative workplace environment. I think, I think then you back up and, and, and to some of the other long-term stuff is how, how far you know, do we, so do we have to build and design buildings now or, or, or TIs now to allow for social distancing forever or do we allow for social distancing, but it, but it's big enough or tight enough that it can, you know, you can go to full capacity if you want later. Um, th those are all of the things I think long-term. And then, you know, what is your, what do your service offerings look like? Do you change your scopes of work in, in, in engineering? Do you change your scopes of work in um, cleaning and sanitization? Do you change your food services scopes of work or do you not? Do you just, do you just have a stopgap to get you through the short-term and feel like the long-term is going to be somewhat normal? Um, I call it the next normal, the new normal. Um, and, and I, th I think there's companies taking at least what I've seen in the media and social media and the news and all of that is there's no right or wrong answer because there are companies taking all of the above approaches. That is good to know. Um, my other question um, is some researchers call COVID-19 the 9-11 of the workplace, meaning our workplaces will never be the same again, just as travel was changed forever after 9-11. Um, do you think that is true? And um, do you think that workplaces are no longer relevant? Hmm. Was it the workplace 9-11? I, I don't really want to equate anything to 9-11 because it's just an awful time in our history. But what I, what I will say is it, it, was, the, it was a workplace um, changing event probably forever. Now, on, on the flip side of that, I think it's proven two things. It's proven both sides. It's proven that remote working can work. It's working. Companies are effective. Companies are, are, are still making, you know, great profits in most cases, um, except for obviously companies that rely on in-person in stuff, uh, service industries, et cetera. Um, so, so on that side, it's proven that we can do it remotely, a lot of businesses. On the other side, it's also proven, in my opinion, that not just my opinion, but many opinions, that the workplace is important. The ability to come collaborate with your colleagues is important. And, and where I've seen it hit the hardest is the ability to innovate, the ability to come up with new ideas, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the areas where I see it being 
it's proving out the value of the workplace. Um, but there's no doubt in some way, shape or fashion, this is, this event has definitely, um, has, has definitely changed the, the, the future you know, landscape of workplaces um, forever. And I think one of the most interesting things, takeaways from this, if, if we find a silver lining is it's, it's expedited and fast-tracked the importance of the workplace. A lot of people took the workplace for granted and, and, and not only the workplace, but how do we service the workplace and what do we, how do we design the workplace? And the design of workplace obviously has been important now and a big thing for many years. Um, the behind the scenes servicing of that workplace and making sure it's running and the air is healthy and the, um, the sanitization is healthy and, and all of that has been somewhat taken for granted. And I think it's, it's, it's forced it to come. How do we, how do we now integrate that the experience side of, of the employee experience with the service side of it? And I think it's kind of fascinating to watch and I'm excited with what we're, we're doing at ISS around that. Yeah, we um, definitely in our own company, the different personalities kind of show who, who really, is ready to get back in the office. And and there are others that, well, like myself, that are like, I, I kind of like this remote work. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you're, you're getting some people that are more eager to get back and some that may want to stay home a little bit longer, um, how do you think companies can ensure inclusivity for remote employees? Yeah, that's been a, a big challenge for many of our clients that we've been trying to help them with both, whether it be, um, you know, the amenities, you know, they, there were certain amenities that, that have been built and designed into buildings for years and to, into, you know, benefits, if you will, for years that are, that they're now home and not taken advantage of, whether it be the food services, whether it be the fitness center, whatever it might be, right? Um, and how far do you take it? at home and, and obviously without going into too many specifics there's lots of different um, ideas and concepts out there around various you know meals at home and meals on wheels and can you bring in in small dense areas could you bring food or could you have a pickup location or or, or something so that they can have food but then you then you know do you want to feed their whole family and there's all kinds of interesting uh, nuances to that so the short answer to that is we're looking for all kinds of different um, ideas. Our clients have challenged us like we've never been challenged before to innovate, come up with new ideas of things we, let's be honest, 12 months ago, we weren't even thinking about. Um, and it's interesting to see what at ISS, what we've come up with. Um, we have several examples of, of various things that we're talking to our clients about today on, on whether it's fitness at home, whether it's your workstation at home, whether it's um, supporting the food and the healthy habits at home. Cause you know, we want to make sure, and whether employees come to the office or not, want to make sure they're having a living, a happy, healthy, mentally healthy lifestyle. Um, and those are the things we're trying to center around. Um, Cause if we can find things that accommodate or support those outcomes, um, then our clients are, are, are ahead and it may make the virtual remote working last longer or be a more feasible solution for longer. I like that you guys are thinking about those things and, and I'm sure the answer is probably be different when you talk to the employee, when you talk to leadership, when it comes to um, sending food to the house. So um, I can see the employee going, yes, please feed my whole family and leadership exactly. going, uh, no, we're not going to feed your whole family. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's great that all this innovative thought is going into it. Um, so when um, you're, you mentioned, how real estate might be changing and how companies um, um, can best balance social distancing and collaborative workspaces. Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, there's lots of interesting. There's, so there's obviously the design of the space, and do we now do we now take the approach of designing spaces that are more distanced, if you will, between workstations, um, or do you do you design kind of as is, and then you put up temporary barriers to to kind of force the issue of of, of social distancing? Um, those are some of the things that you know we're we're toying with, and I'm sure everybody you know is toying with is. How long is this going to last? You know, COVID's probably here to last, but does it become something super treatable? I don't know. And and so trying to figure out, there's no right or wrong answer to figuring out design. But what we are generally seeing in the workplace is a more socially distanced design concepts that are coming in um, with you know keeping the the workspace workstations a little bit more separate. Your common areas are a little bit more spaced out. All of that stuff. But one of the things we're doing at ISS, aside from the design piece, which I think Again, there's just so many different, you could, you could argue either way, but the one thing you can't necessarily argue against is the need to remind people constantly, the need to provide more um, service, if you will. So we've got a thing called hygiene stewards um, at ISS, and, and we basically assign people to floors. Um, sometimes it might be a couple per floor, but it just depends on the layout where their job is one service. So what can I do for you? Can I go get something so you don't have to go to the break room? Can I, they do some of that. And then, but also and equally and more importantly, we get comfortable when we get back into our natural surroundings, if you will, and we start interacting with our team and, and stuff like that. So to, to we, we have those same people now are the reminders, obviously in a very polite and professional manner. Don't forget, you know, you're talking to somebody within six feet, you should have your mask on. Don't forget, you know, don't stand right behind the person at the coffee machine, <laughs> give them some space. Um, and, and, you know, there's obviously different things you do on the floor from a design perspective and sticker perspective, if you will. But there's also that person just constantly offering service to try to allow you to not have to go into a tight environment um, and allow several people not to. Uh, but also if they have to, remind them, remind them, remind them. So that's one of the cool things. I think, I think it's super cool. It seems simple, um, but it's, it's, our clients have loved it because um, it's also just a better experience for employees too. Uh, think about it. They don't have to get up to go get a coffee and we can go get them a coffee. And it's not always feasible when you have 500 people on a floor, um, but it's feasible in smaller floors um, and, and they stay working and then they get their coffee. So there's other benefits too that are less, probably less important, but are definitely um, natural beneficial outcomes for sure. So it kind of reminds me of hall monitors when you're in school. No, no. <laughs> absolutely. And um, so I, I guess companies could even um, use their current employees that are in the office and kind of assign them, you know, like when we were kids in school and you were assigned as a hall monitor for, you know, a week or two. And companies could do something like that as well um, with their current workforce. And then that gives everyone the chance to, to be the reminder. Um, that, you know, social distancing still needs to be observed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you could do it a bunch of different ways. The, the most important is the outcome. And the outcome is not only having employees that are coming to work feel safe, but actually be safer. Um, and, and one of the ways, by the way, that we do that, we, you know, obviously, you know, a big piece of ISS's offerings are, are around food services. We, we do, we like to say and think and believe strongly that we have the best, highest, highest end food, corporate food um, offering in the, in the world. And here it happens to be ISS North America and it's our Guggenheimer uh, brand. And one of the things that we do for that is to make people feel safe and know that they aren't just taking food from somebody or they don't have a hall, they don't, hall monitor. You got me calling it a hall monitor. They don't have a hygiene steward just 
just standing there that maybe is sick themselves is we've partnered with a, we have a partnership with a company called Axiom that some of you may have heard of um, that they do our back to work case management. So essentially we go through their app. There's a lot of different apps out there, but we, we picked this one because it also then has based on the answers to that, that morning survey they have to take before they're allowed to go to work. Um, it, it, forces um depending on the answers it could force them to have to speak with a nurse um, and that nurse especially trained in some of the infectious disease stuff they give some recommendations they either clear them and say you're good or they, they put them through a case management tell them to go where they get tested go to the doctor before you return to work they can put you on quarantine based on some of those answers etc cetera, etc cetera. then they eventually clear you to come back to work even if you were quarantined so that's a that's another thing we've done to give people um comfort that that the people they're interacting with from ISS are safe um, the food they're taking is being served or prepared by somebody who's checked that morning medically. Um, and the person that they're asking to go run and maybe run an errand for them around the building um, has also been checked. So um, That sounds like a fabulous service. I know that that would make my anxiety levels go way down going back into the office if I knew that everyone had to to go through that same, you know, process that seems, you know, easy, but still rigorous. Yeah, absolutely, and it's um, it's been amazing to watch this since we've done. We we, we I'd say we went live about two and a half months ago, and it's been. Um, there's definitely cases and examples of, of of us probably having people that may have gone to work that didn't um, to play it safe. So I think it's a huge value and, and a huge um, you know, to have an axiom certified workforce is super important to us. Um, so my last question, um, you touched on a little bit, and that was how all facility maintenance from engineering down to cleaning services um, has for, been forced to, to change due to um, the environment that we are living in now with COVID-19. So can you talk a little bit about um, how, what those changes are and how important that has become? Yeah, so I mean, the the first thing I'll say is we, you know, shameless plug for for us is we have a product called Pure Space now, which is all about mainly around the cleaning and sanitization of coming back to work and how those scopes of work should change. As I mentioned earlier, um, that that's for cleaning and sanitization specifically. But what we're seeing now, and and we're we're experimenting with some of this um, as well as others. Um, and there's a lot of universities even doing some research on this now. And I think over the weekend we saw one one example of this actually working, where where a university, I think it was in Utah. Um, is checking the wastewater um, from their dormitories for COVID, um, COVID limits, if you will, a fresh, whatever it is, viral, <laughs> viral limits. Um, and then they were able to pinpoint quickly uh, some dormitories that had a higher um, frequency of the virus in their wastewater. And they were able to quickly contain that, test everybody and try to figure out the source and did, I think, figure out the source ultimately of, of who had the virus in the dorm. So uh, that's one cool thing that also applies to, to corporate facilities is, is being able to do stuff like that. But in the engineering side, the air we breathe, a lot of that air is, is recycled um, from the building and, and which different parts of the building are, are serviced. You know, large buildings are serviced by different air handlers, as an example. Um, and we're able to, um, we're, we're starting to be able to measure that return air. And if we, if we it, it, the, the industry is now starting to come up with ways to um, to measure that, the viral count in an air handler, and if that air handler is higher than the others, they can shut that air handler down, disinfect the area that it serves, change all the filters, and quarantine the area for a bit. Um, and, and allow to quickly proactively get in front of an area of the building that may have more contamination and obviously contest the people that were in there, because obviously that virus came from somewhere, et cetera. And then in the cleaning and sanitation, I hit on Pure Space. Um, we actually now have our first live sites where we test 
we can actually test the viral load on work surfaces um, and for contamination. And it's interesting to you know do the before and after. We have several now spaces that we've done this and cleaned it, and they've implemented our peer space program, where our our numbers went from um, you know the eleven hundreds, if you will, PPMs to like the fifties. Uh, PPM post it and then what we're able to do now is figure out okay when does that creep back up and if it does creep back up somebody's sick in the area probably um, and then if they are we can get the team tested but more importantly we start to figure out the right frequency how quick does the viral load come back um, and it's you know through a process called ATP um, but anyway it's a part of our entire pure space package that we're seeing and it's it's been interesting to go from a, an, an industry specifically in cleaning and sanitization but also engineering of of you do stuff on frequencies. And of course the big theme, which all, you know, all of us know has been coming to more, what is the outcome you want? And we'll build the right model and solution for the outcome. And now it's actually to data driven cleanliness of, of how much true dirt, if you will, viral or bacteria are on a work surface are on a wall are on a whiteboard or on a whatever. Um, it's, it's just fascinating to see the evolution of it, of, of, you know, clean out, take out the trash and wipe these counters daily to we want our trash emptied and we want our counters clean and free of debris to we want our counters to have less than X part per million of contamination. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to see the evolution and, and when, you know, silver lining on this whole COVID to me is it's just awful across the board. But one thing that's interesting is how quickly we've been able to innovate and come up with new solutions and new ideas. In many cases, applying other applying things that have existed for years and potentially in operating rooms and stuff like that and bring those forward into the workplace and, and make them more affordable and more uh, doable on a daily basis or monthly basis or weekly basis, whatever it is. It's just, it's uh, fascinating to me to, uh, and a silver lining to how quickly uh, we've adapted. Well, I like that it is giving everyone a healthier workplace because I think that's, you know, really important at any time, but especially right now. Yeah, and I think just to add on that, I think it's interesting, obviously, this was all put on by COVID. Um, and it's interesting to the healthier workplace comment you made, Kathleen, about this could actually help with, um, you know, the seasonal flu and some of that stuff that comes over the years. If we adopt this stuff long term and permanently, you could start to see massive reductions in in, in people going out sick at work because they're going to stop coming to work if they're sick or we're going to clean the space more often because we're going to see the viral loads or it's just, it's interesting because why it was, why it was obviously brought on by COVID, it could make a healthier workplace forever. It probably will make a healthier workplace forever. Well, that is a great sentiment for us to end on. Um, I want to thank you again for, for joining us today and um, talking us through a lot of these changes um, that are happening in the workplace. Um, and uh, thank you so much for, for being here. And um, I wanna thank ISS for your investment and Charlotte Regional Business Alliance as well. No, my pleasure, Kathleen. I wanna thank you, um, the opportunity. I wanna thank everybody that's listening, obviously for taking the time to listen and um, hope, to, hope to meet some of you someday. Learn more about the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance at charlotteregion.com.